Hey everyone, I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. And this is That's What She Said, the podcast. We have a great episode for you today. And remember, as always, any stories mentioned are not intended to harm or discourage those involved. We are not medical professionals. These are just our educated opinions. Hello, hello. Hi, babes. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Welcome back to season two, episode four of That's Woo-woo. What She Said, the podcast. Woo-woo. We've got a really cool topic for you today. Um, something that's touched on, but not really in an accurate light, I would say. Uh, yeah. So we're going to break that down. I think it is one of the most um, commonly misused terms in relationship psychology. And I would agree with that. It's the first of our kind of deep dive series where we're going to spend the whole episode on one topic. But we're going to make it interesting. We're throwing in the office at the end. It's going to be a great episode. (laughs) It's going to be great. All right. So the topic for this episode is love languages. Let's let's break those down. So um, the five love languages um, that have been explored are quality time. So spending quality time with your partner, physical touch, like being able to hold them or hold their hand, acts of service, as in helping you out around the house, um, taking care of your some of your responsibilities when you feel stressed, things like that, um, giving and receiving gifts, that one's pretty obvious, and then words of affirmation, so supporting your partner, telling your partner that you're proud of them, telling your partner that you, you love and support them. So it was created by a Baptist minister in the States, because Claire is a genius, um, but yeah, so let me let me break these down a little bit for you. So a common misconception about um, love languages, we all have them, you know, um, for example, my love languages, you know, are mostly acts of service and words of affirmation. Um, and so that is how I receive love best. And the common misconception is that your love language is how it's like the only way you're willing to love your partner. Mm -hmm. So some people will say, oh, well, my love language is physical touch. That's the only way I can give you love. But if your partner's love language is, you know, giving and receiving gifts or quality time, physical touch might not cover all the bases. Um, So that's a lot of people have considered love languages to be um, sort of fake or phony, um, that they don't really, you know, cover the bases as they should. Um, and to give you an example, um, my partner of two and a half years, um, when we were together, I would usually have to ask him to communicate with me in my love languages. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really get that back. I know, I knew his was physical touch. I knew my love languages and I, I kept having to ask. And eventually after two and a half years, he broke the news to me that he had no idea what the hell a love language was. Mm. That this man did Congrats not know. on coming out on not knowing what a love language is. <laughs> he had absolutely no idea. Um, he thought that, you know, because his love language was physical touch, giving me physical touch was helping my love languages as, and was, you know, the best way for me to feel loved and supported. And unfortunately, Bubs, that's not true. I think I have never really resonated with the concept of love languages Mm -hmm. just because I think that it does tend to be kind of oversimplified. 
no kind of one out of five arbitrary categories is gonna give you the like love that you need in a way like your partner genuinely understanding you can I agree with that even within like acts of service for Mm -hmm. instance like what does that mean that could mean so many different things does that mean like doing the dishes does that like it could mean a million different things so Mm -hmm. I think it can be kind of a band-aid fix for not understanding what your partner's actual needs and wants are. I I think that's a valid point, and that's something that's been brought up a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. My view, and Claire, we had this conversation when we first brought this up, um, I've always thought of love languages as a way to explain to my previous partner how I appreciate love and support, how I best receive love and support. Um, you know, we, we understood each other on a mental level to the nines. We were fantastic with that. We were basically the same person, but helping him see how I needed to receive love, the best way to do it, in my opinion, was to explain love languages and to explain how they work and, and, you know, give them a basic rundown and, and listeners, if you feel as though you don't really fit one or two or even three of these categories, I feel like Claire and I both fall under Almost yeah. every, almost every section of the love language, and that's completely fine. It doesn't yeah. have to. You, you. It's not supposed to be, you know, a cookie cutter label, but it's it's a way, in my opinion, for you to explain to your partner. Listen, I fall under all five of these categories of love languages. Whether it's physical touch, whether it's words of affirmation, these are ways that you can connect with me, and even draft up, draft up a little note with your partner about what you two enjoy best what means the most to you I think that'd be really helpful yeah we talked about this and I kind of thought of something that I might use which is creating like a ranking system so that's cool like from best to worst in my opinion Mm -hmm. and then when your partner is like okay I want to do something special for Claire I want to do something special for Emma they know well, let's start off with words of affirmation because that's the one I know is going to be best. Yeah. Rather than to put all your proverbial eggs into one basket. Yeah. Because really, as humans, we don't show and receive love in only one way. Love is very, yeah. you know, it's vast and it's varied and it's ever-changing. So I think it's good to kind of leave yourself room to grow and change while also using this as kind of like a base point to explain things. I, I totally agree with you. Like we said, doesn't have to be cookie cutter. You don't have to fall exactly into, you know, whoever ministers list of, you know, what what happens under each category. But it's, it's a way of communicating with your partner, especially if they're not familiar with this sort of thing. I think it's also like the first point you made just to kind of drill it home is to impress upon when you kind of hear this, not fake science, but this isn't really how Mm -hmm. it works, is your partner's job is to understand and learn how to show you love in your love language. I agree. So if love languages can be used as an excuse, oh, sorry, I'm just not good with my words, but you will know I love you when I hold your hand. No, that's a cop It's your role to learn yeah. and change and adjust your behavior to make your partner feel loved. That's how love languages work in their kind of correct form. And that's, it's amazing that you said that. And it's amazing that you brought that up. Um, yeah. 
another story about my my previous partner. We're we're actually not together anymore, unfortunately. We're still we're still best friends, and I still love him with my whole heart. But second we... best friends. Oh yeah, second <laughs> second. Claire takes top always. Um, but yeah, so we we had a lot of issues with um, me feeling as though I was important in the relationship, and like I said, I kept asking you know for these love languages to be met, and 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 you know for him to communicate with me in my love language and every time I was justifying his behavior to Claire she would always say okay well is he speaking to you in your language because if he's speaking Korean and you only understand English you're not going to feel loved because you can't understand him and that I took that to heart obviously wrote that down (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah Yeah. that's that's one way to be mindful in uh in your relationship And, like, of course, there's always compromise and meeting in the middle, but I think um, your partner should, even if it's not in a love language way, be always making concessions and be approaching the relationship with a spirit of curiosity to try and learn how best to show you love. Yes, I totally agree with that. Totally and completely agree with that. Do we want to move on to our fun fact? Okay, sure. So I kind of thought um, this is something I actually do with my counselor, which is um, modeling behaviors. So I thought it would be cool if we modeled the behavior I talked about earlier, which is creating a ranking of our favorite to our least favorite love language. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'll go first. So in order of my favorite to my least favorite, I like Mm -hmm. words of affirmation, followed by acts of service, followed by physical touch followed by quality time, and finally, gifts, not a big gifts person. That's awesome. Yeah. I, obviously, mine is going to be fairly similar because there is only five. Um, My two biggest that make me feel the most loved are acts of service and words of affirmation. Um, My next two would be giving and receiving gifts and quality time. Um, And then physical touch. I don't hate it. It's not the only way I feel loved and supported. Um, yeah. There are, there are certainly different ways. I saw a TikTok and it said, you're not really best friends unless you never hug. And I kind of yeah. thought that was funny because we never hug. We literally <laughs> never hug. I think the first time we hugged was when we finally met after not seeing each other for like 14 <laughs> months of quarantine. Yeah. And then we hugged once and that was our fix. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We'll we'll hug again in another 14 months, maybe. Exactly. Maybe, maybe. I love that. No, that's a great way to model behavior. That's we should chat about that in another episode, me thinks. Me thinks also. So (laughs) I guess another modeling of behavior or just exploring how love language presents itself is talking about the you know, the five primary characters of the office. As we do. love languages are and how that's demonstrated mm-hmm. okay so this is based on i no plagiarism intended full credit <laughs> this is based on an article from the odyssey um written by heather dowers and so i guess i can just start going through it and then um we can chat about what that means. Yeah. So beginning with Pam, 
I think Pam's love language is words of affirmation. And the situation I always think of is when her and Jim are talking and Mm -hmm. he says to her, whatever she says, she doesn't feel like she's enough. And he says, not enough. You're everything. Yeah. That like really resonates with her. I agree. I totally agree with that. And I think Jim is an example of someone who tried to show uh, her love in his love language, which I think is acts of service because he's like, oh, I bought us this house. I'm doing this big job for our future. But that's not what she needed. Maybe she also needed some quality time. But, you know, he needed to communicate with her in a way that she could understand. I totally agree. We all fall under so many of these categories, but I think that's a perfect example that you just brought up that. You know, you do see throughout the series, especially like season eight, um, where Jim is trying to communicate with Pam via acts of service, which is amazing. And obviously she respects and appreciates those. But if Pam's love language is words of affirmation, that's not how Pam's going to best receive and feel loved. Yeah. So that's that's perfect. And I think the opposite is also true. And my example would be, when it's Cece's dance recital mm-hmm. and Jim requests requests the act of service of Pam filming it and of yes. course by no fault of her own she's unable to do this mm-hmm. but him not having that moni- moniker of her love by her filming yeah. it really yeah. really hurts him I I agree I totally hated that scene just seeing <laughs> just seeing the lack of communication and the lack yeah. of appreciation and respect on both ends was, oh, it was painful. But I totally agree with you. So next up we have our favorite, Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Whose love language falls under words of affirmation. I think you can totally tell with Michael how much words mean to him. How much talking to Holly absolutely lights up his world. Yeah. And when he leaves Dunder Mifflin, there's that amazing scene where uh, Jim is like, tomorrow, I'm going to tell you that you were the best boss I ever had. And you can tell that even that like relatively short, small amount of words of affirmation means the world to Michael. Oh, the absolute world. Even when he was having second thoughts about leaving Dunder Mifflin and he calls Holly and hearing her voice and hearing her talk and and love and support him, immediately he was on that plane. Yeah. I love it. I love the passion. (sighs) So cute. (laughs) Now, Dwight, I couldn't think of it on my own. Because Dwight, I mean, not that he's not loving, but like, Mm -hmm. what's, what's he doing? But um, the article talked about him um, being words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the way he was so brutal and blunt with everyone. But towards Angela, yeah. he was soft. And he was like, I don't mind about if the kid isn't mine or is mine. Yeah, I just want to be with you. And then when she, fa- when he, she tells him that the... Um, I can't even remember the kid's name now. Um, that Wasn't it, it Philip? His. It was Philip. So when, when Angela told Dwight that Philip was his, just hearing those words and, and having that connection with Angela that way, Dwight cried. Yeah. Like Dwight, the man himself. 
which which I think is is ridiculous. I think Dwight is another one of those sort of jack of all trades. I feel like he loves in in minute but specific ways, um, and I think he also receives it in in moderate doses, but in very specific ways. Yeah, that's very true. And last but not least, we have the woman herself, Angela. <laughs> yeah, and I think that her love language is touch. And I think um, even though hers and Dwight's undercover sexual relationship is not the biggest example of ethical behavior. <laughs> I agree. Even when she is involved with someone else who she's like in love with, she shows her continued commitment to Dwight through these rendezvous, the secret makeouts, the going yeah. to the warehouse. And yeah, I think that's exactly. how she shows him. I still love you. I agree with that. I agree with that. So another one for Dwight that I've noticed, um, he calls Angela monkey and, right. you know, and, um, and Angela calls him their pet name. Um, and that, I feel like that's the only way that they connect in the office in apart from physical touch later, of course, but in, in that sort of conservative workplace, they, they yeah. communicate through their pet names. You're right. Love that for us. Very interesting. But yeah, if if y'all also want to check out the article, we will have it linked down in the little information bar. Um, Perfect. But yeah, give it a read. Check it on For out. sure. And uh, feel free to let us know if you have any other thoughts. If you agree, if you disagree, um, what else did we miss? All right. Have a great day. Have a great day.